right, Jaguars fans, we have made it. Thank you for tuning in to Death, Taxes, and Duval. Hayes Carline here. Rick Ballou, unfortunately, not able to join us. Uh, we hope Rick feels better. But Graham Marsh stepping up. Yes, sir. Much like he did for Building Back the Gators, our Summer Gators podcast Absolutely. that is uh, over now. Um, we probably should have kept that going since they're apparently good. Um, but uh, uh, but we're going to talk Jaguars today. And uh, Graham, thank you for uh, for stepping in for Rick. Um, Not a problem. Happy to do it. Yeah, uh, we're we're certainly excited. Want to thank our sponsor, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. John and I are really good friends. We've been really good friends for a long time. And I can tell you that you would not be in better hands than if you let John Spicklemeyer handle your car insurance business. It's something we all have to have. Make sure you're paying for the right things. Make sure you're not paying too much. Uh, John can absolutely be your guy when it comes to that. Give him a call at 471-7155. Again, that is Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. And it's just a fun name to say, Spicklemeyer. I mean, it's, it just, it's just a fun name to say. So you get that as well as a bonus to I before e. excellent Bye. car insurance service and, and prices. So 471-7155, John Spicklemeyer, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. All right. Here we are. Um, I mean, there's a million storylines to this game. I mean, it's, so I'm just going to like literally hand you the ball, Graham, and, and you run with it. What, what, in your opinion, what is the most exciting thing uh, that you're you're eager to see at Sunday one o'clock, Jaguars Commanders? Most exciting, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. No question. How how is how is the year two progression? How is the under Doug Peterson? How is he with new weapons? That in in terms of excitement, mm-hmm. not even close. What do you Trevor think it'll Lawrence. be? That's part of why it's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> we truthfully don't know. Right. I, l- listen, there's no way that it's going to be like last year where he throws a bunch of interceptions. And yeah. I know he threw three touchdowns, but two of them were garbage time mm-hmm. in the first game. And they couldn't get lined up right and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't really see a world where that happens again. But is it that he just looks a little bit better? Or is it that it's like, okay, now I see number one overall pick. Now I see Justin Herbert-ish, Patrick Mahomes-ish, Josh Allen-ish. I'm not saying he's got to be that right now, but do I see flashes of that? Um, At least a little bit more flashes than I saw last year. So that's the main thing to me is Trevor Lawrence, does he feel comfortable? Is he finding guys? Are they moving drives together? Are they getting into the end zone on a regular basis? Um yeah, for me, that that's the number one most exciting thing, not even close. Yeah, and I, and I agree. I mean, it, it all... Where this franchise really goes over the next decade comes down to Trevor Lawrence, and and we don't know yet. You know, we we're hopeful that he'll live up to being this generational draft prospect, but I I give him a total pass for last year. I, I don't see how anybody could fault him for what happened last year. Um, but now it's time to see it, and and I think he's got the right environment. I think he's got. I don't think he has excellent weapons around him, but I think that they're good enough that if you're a good quarterback you can make it work it's good enough that there's no excuses if he doesn't look sharp right i I would say and there's certainly no excuses at the head coaching position right i mean they they have done an excellent job bringing in doug peterson he's built a great staff uh this podcast is so good people are trying to bust down the door to hear it it's unbelievable it really is amazing we've Um, got like an entourage of fans outside and be patient and we'll come out in a second. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it is going to be a lot of fun to see uh, how, how it all comes together. And uh, a big challenge for that offensive line because you look at Washington's strength probably as a team, and it's that defensive front. How do you think the Jaguars' offensive line will hold up? I think um, 
you know, what was the what was the book on the offensive line last year? Oh, oh, they're not bad. They're not bad. That was pretty much always they're, they're okay. They're average. Can they take a little bit of a step up? You got Brandon Scherf now. You have an, you have one of the best guards in the NFL now. You that you took from Washington, and you pretty much swapped out Andrew Orwell with with uh, Brandon Scherf. That's a huge upgrade. Um, the two biggest question marks, I think, by far, are Jawan Taylor and Ben Barch. How do they how do they hold up? Overall, I don't expect them to lay an egg, but can they do more than just not lay an egg? You know, can they really? get push and can the Jaguars dominate running the ball because if they do that the passing game is going to take care of itself in terms of blocking so that's the main thing for me is how are they going to look run blocking and you know obviously James Robinson with his torn Achilles coming back he should play how they use him is is a big question in the run game as well but in terms of the offensive line I don't expect a game where they give up a bunch of sacks and just get run over and they just can't do anything. But I I do think that with Rauscher now here and a huge upgrade at right guard and Ben Bartsch, who's looked good, decent at, at camp, um, Luke Fortner, who's looked good, can, can that line that's a little bit of new, a little bit of old, really come together and start to be a dominant unit week in, week out? I think the spotlight on Fortner is immense, and I'm not saying he can't handle it. He very well might, and if he does, then the Jaguars really have something special there with the third-round rookie because this is a tough challenge for him. Yeah. I mean, it's your first game in the NFL. You're on the road. Uh, you know, We'll see what kind of a crowd Washington has. Obviously, they're pretty down on their team because uh, of their owner being a colossal moron. But, um, <laughs> you know, so it's... Is he the worst owner in sports? But I think I think now, yes. I don't think it's don't close, you think? Right? I, I mean, it's got to be. He's on a yacht to avoid a subpoena, and that's like the yeah. eighth most embarrassing thing that's happened in his tenure there. So it was uh, it was Dolan, the Knicks yeah. owner. I, I think right. I don't even think it's and close Sterling with the Clippers, right? They got, right, right. You know, and I mean, so, but yeah, I think in terms of, I mean, they've been dreadful. I, I was doing a, a Washington show this week, and we were they were talking about the Jaguars, and I obviously was talking about the futility that they've had since, you know, really last 15, 20 years. And, uh, and, and even the Washington host was like, well, at least you had 2017 because you guys were close. We, Washington, I think, is, I think he said has won a single playoff game since like 2000. Oof. Like in the Daniel Snyder era. I think they have one playoff win, and it was like a wild card win, and then they were knocked out. So, I mean, they've been brutal, which is really hard to swallow when you're a franchise that considers itself, I mean, NFL blue blood. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, they had a coach, Joe Gibbs, who won the Super Bowl with three different starting quarterbacks, which is something that I don't think you'll ever see duplicated. Historically, they are the Giants. They yeah, are absolutely. The, the Cowboys. They, absolutely. They, they are... At least if I if I were a fan of that team, I would consider myself in that echelon of yes, team. No, no doubt about it. And so, um, you know, and so it does uh, it does create a, a scenario where they've they've invested all these premium first round picks. Chase Young won't play, but they still have you know three guys along their defensive front that they selected in the first round. So for me, it's Luke Fortner. Like if Luke Fortner plays well, I think the Jaguars have a great chance to win this game. And and I am excited about. Seeing Travis Etienne for the first time in a regular season game and seeing James Robinson now back and cleared because 
that could be quite a tandem. I mean, if 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 James Robinson is able to be the player that he was prior to the injury, and Travis Etienne shows us against Washington what he showed in in training camp and the offseason program, I mean, they may have something special right there. And you believe that if that is the case, this coaching staff is actually going to take advantage of that. Right. If James Robinson is still James Robinson, and he's still that guy that's going to consistently get you four, five, six yards, doesn't lose yardage, can very effectively keep you ahead of the chains, when he's... Maybe not the first couple of weeks because it might take him time to shake off a little bit of rust. But when he's like himself again and fully ready to go, it's it's like the injury never happened, hopefully. There's no reason he shouldn't get 15, 20 carries a game, right? I mean, it would... And then ETN, you get ETN 10 to 15 touches a game as well. And hopefully two or three of those become really explosive plays. That's obviously the perfect world scenario. But the point... To, uh, to piggyback off of what you were saying, if those guys have that capability, which James Robinson's proven it, but you got to see the Achilles injury, obviously. If those guys have that ability, you believe now you have a coaching staff that is going to let them showcase that ability. And they, they didn't have that last year. They're going to throw the ball 50 times a game. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it, If James Robinson gets you know, in any game where he's getting 15 to 20 carries, the Jaguars have a great chance to win that game. I mean, great chance. That tells right? you that you know they're they're probably either ahead or right there uh, and, and yeah, are, are trying to control the ball, control the clock, and, and hopefully we see it. I mean, if James Robinson can be what he was before the injury and Travis Etienne, I, I think he's going to be a 1,200, 1,400-yard all-purpose guy. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm really excited about seeing the two of them together. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the defense. What uh, what are you most looking forward to seeing with this uh, new revamped Jaguars defense? I mean, most looking forward to it's got to be Trayvon Walker, of course. Most intriguing, though, if if you can, if that's a different, if that's different, <laughs> would be Devin Lloyd mm-hmm. to see how he's holding up. He looked just fine in that last preseason game. I understand you're not you're not facing you know, a, a squad that's 100% playing everybody that's trying to win, of course. But he looked good. The hamstring looked fine. So if he can just step in and just be that guy they drafted him to be, and then you, you have great confidence in Aluakin from what he's shown in Atlanta, and <clears throat> he hasn't had any setbacks or anything like that. You have great confidence in him. Now all of a sudden you got two linebackers in the middle of that defense that you feel really, really good about. And with Caldwell and Tampa, that was pretty much the heart and soul of their defense is having elite linebacker play. Fast, physical, make all kinds of plays. If those two guys are what they can be, you feel like everything else takes takes care of itself, right? I think so. I mean, the Russian cover is, is that's the name of the game in the NFL, and it, I agree. With Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, Josh Allen... You gotta like what they have there. Arden Key, Dewan Smoot. They've got some uh, some good depth there. Doug Peterson said something really interesting on Friday when he was asked about Devin Lloyd and you know is you know he's going to start, but and Doug said he's back to being Devin, which is great to hear because I think Devin Lloyd is going to be sensational. Right, Trayvon may need some time before he's he'll be disruptive. I think from what we've seen consistently, but I don't know that he's going to have like. Nine and a half sacks as a rookie year, right? Like that, right? I think he can, he'll get there in years two, three, and beyond. But, um, but Devin Lloyd, somebody who I think could put up a jaw dropping stat line as a rookie 
And so that was great to to hear Doug say that uh, that that he's seeing Devin Lloyd back to his old ways. And I agree, uh, Luakon, somebody that I think provides great leadership. Obviously, he's going to be kind of controlling the defense in terms of calling it out. Josh Allen looks great. Looks like he's ready. You got to think the motivation for him is you know through the roof. Uh, you know, having to endure so much losing. And and now they've brought in all these pieces. I am worried about Fatakasi in terms of stopping the run. That's one they have to have. Him. Yeah, that's that's one that's a concern. They're they're going to list him as questionable with the calf. So uh, you know that is that's a he's practiced, which and you know tells me that you know hopefully he'll be able to go. But the other thing that I think if you're Doug Peterson, you have to at least consider is when you, when you're talking about Fatakasi. Is if he is only like seventy percent, and it's like, yeah, he can go, but he's not going to be himself, and there is an absolute chance he could make this worse by playing on it, which with a calf is going to be the case. Right, right, right. You know, there's next, a little thing called Achilles that's close to a calf. Yeah, so. there's that, and there's this other thing called the Indianapolis Colts are coming in yeah, next week, right, with right, Jonathan right. Taylor, right. and you have no. If you don't have him next week, you might beat Washington without him because they don't have an elite running game and they've got Carson Wentz. Right, and right. so you, you might load up to stop the run thinking, look, if Carson Wentz beats us, we'll tip our hat to him. Right. Um, you've got to have him next week and that's a divisional game in your house. So that's where I think it's going to be interesting for Doug Peterson and the coaching staff. It's the one division the game you team. don't lose either. Right. I mean, so obviously Fatakasi is critically important. Um, and I'm sure that they're doing everything they can to have him Sunday. But I do wonder how much of that is in the back of their minds. Normally, you wouldn't really be thinking that this early in the year. But because of the nature of who the next opponent is and, and their strength, which is clearly like I don't worry about Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman. You know, I, I like I'll take my chances with the pass rush and Tyson Campbell and Shaq Griffin on the Colts yep. receivers. Yep. But Jonathan Taylor, that's going to be a major challenge in totally that agree. offensive line. I think Matt Ryan's the most overrated free agent signing of the offseason, yeah. personally. It could see, I, I don't understand I, I don't understand the narrative that the Colts drastically upgraded. Right. I, I understand Carson Wentz completely forgot how to play football when he showed up in Jacksonville the last right. game of the year and completely threw their playoff chances in the garbage. I understand that and mm. that's the most recent impression of Carson Wentz. But what what is Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, all of a sudden like like why is it so, they're in the same tier of they're the same guy, right? I mean, Matt Ryan might be a little bit better, and he might make a couple better decisions here and there, but talent perspective, Carson Wentz is younger and better yeah. right now. I'm not saying he's a better quarterback overall, but you get what I'm saying. I do. <clears throat> Anyways, well, Wentz made um, a play last year in Indianapolis in the first meeting. There's no chance Matt Ryan makes that play. It was one where it was a third and eight, something like that. The Colts were like just barely into Jaguars territory. They were trying to kill the clock and win the game. I think and, I remember what you're talking about. And uh, Wentz rolls out, escapes pressure, rolls out. He's almost to the sideline and delivers a 12-yard pass, first down, chains keep moving, Colts win the game. Right. Matt Ryan doesn't make that play in, in his rookie year, let right. alone in Correct. his mid-30s, Correct. late 30s. So um, I yeah. understand Matt Ryan is probably a smarter decision maker than Absolutely. Carson Wentz, right. but I don't understand this narrative that the Colts went and got this elite guy. No, they didn't. They, right. they, they got maybe maybe a slight upgrade. Yeah. That's kind of it. Right. But to your point, Jonathan Taylor is what steers that ship. And are you surprised to bring it back to this week? Are you surprised at all that 
they didn't make another move or keep somebody to have more depth to the interior of that defensive line? I, I am a little bit. I, I understand that where the league is going is, you know, it's just teams just don't lean on the ground game much. We saw it in the, you know, opener with the Bills and Rams. I mean, just neither team seemed all that interested in running it all that much. Right. Um, so, I mean, my hope is that, you know, that they they will be fine. But it seems it seems lean to me. Um, I'm glad they have Gotsis back. I wouldn't be at all upset if they promoted Mario Edwards off the practice squad for this game. I, I don't think they have any choice if Fatakasi doesn't play. I Bro, mean, yeah, if, if he's definitely. inactive, they're going to have to. Devon Hamilton's not going to play the entire. Yeah. He's not going to play every snap. Right. They'll have to move Edwards uh, to the active roster. I, so I had kind of a problem with. I, I've liked almost everything that Doug has said so far. I didn't really like his comments about that, about where the league is going and stuff, because he's not wrong. But he also plays in a division with the two best running backs in the NFL. Right. So I'm kind of like... And I, maybe the three best, because Damian Pierce oh, of course. is never going to get tackled. In of the course. NFL. Damian Pierce is right. the second coming of Jim Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and make his bust right. in Canton right now. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you're in a division with Derrick Henry and Jonathan yeah. Taylor. I, I get what you're saying about the league, but you don't play... You're not playing against, like, I mean, Antonio Gibson's fine, and you'll probably survive against a guy like that. But you don't play a guy like that every week. You play right. Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry four games a year. Right. You need defensive line help, yeah, man. Right. Yeah. That, that's that's like the one thing all offseason that mm-hmm. Doug has said where I've kind of been like, I don't I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely a good point. Um, What's your prediction? Uh... I think I'm gonna I'm gonna join the bandwagon with everybody around these parts and pick the Jaguars because it's like I mean, if not now, when man, like yeah. they they hit a brutal part of the schedule later in the year where I think they can very easily rip off four to five losses in a row. Sure. If they're gonna if they're gonna get significant wins, it's gonna become at the it's gonna be at the beginning and the end of the schedule. So those are the softer parts, and Washington's a perfect chance to do that. I think Jaguars twenty seven twenty one. Good. I like it. A couple I, uh, of field goals mixed in there. Yeah, very good. I um, I'm going to take you back to 2017, Graham, oh. when the uh, when the Jaguars were underdog in Week One, going out to Houston. Yep, and uh, that game was 29 to seven. It Jaguars. was. It was indeed. That's my prediction for this game. I think the Jaguars go to Washington and make a big statement. Are there ten sacks again? Uh, there will be seven sacks, but there will be more turnovers. Thought you were going to say there's going to be 15 sacks. But what I do think you'll see, I, I'm picking up 2017 vibes just in how the team kind of feels. Like being in the locker room Friday, seeing them interacting, I, I just, I, I can't, it's a gut feeling. I can't, I'm sure, you know, there's probably Washington reporters that feel great about their team too, and I, I get that. Um, Every local media guy right now yeah. is picking their guy to win week one. Yeah, I uh, I just I have a feeling about this group. I think it'll be more offense than uh, than that 2017 game. But yeah, give me the Jaguars. That is going to wrap it up for us. We certainly appreciate uh, Graham Marsh stepping in. We just had a living legend. Rick- walking <laughs> <the room>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Um, but that is going to wrap it up for us. I want to thank John Spicklemeyer before we get out of here. Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, 471-7155. Uh, give John a call. Let him look over your car insurance policy. you got nothing to lose. Uh, I could save you a bunch of money. Uh, again, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency, 471-7155. Give my buddy 
John a call. All right, that is going to wrap this up. Hopefully the Jaguars take down the Commanders, and we'll be back next week with a 1-0 football team on death, taxes, and Duvall. It's a one, it's one, it's one.